Hello, hello, my handful of lovely friends and listeners. Welcome to Burning Tarot. I'm T. And it is Sunday here on the west coast of the USA. I think everybody but one person listening is here in America, at least those who respond and send me little emails telling me how these readings are going for you, which I appreciate, by the way. So uh, if you want to give me any feedback or describe any resonances you might feel between the readings uh, and such that I do here and your own life and thoughts, I like to hear them. You can... Oh, by the way, we're inside today. The clunking noises are me in the kitchen. I felt very called to talk to y'all right now while I'm cooking dinner. So that's why the soundscape is different from the norm. Anyway, I do love to receive emails, nice short ones please, where you just kind of update me and it's, it's very fascinating because I'm seeing such interesting, um, such intersections between the different energies affecting various listeners and it gives me a very different feeling about kind of the, the energy scape that we live in, all of us together, when I have that direct feedback from you guys. The email is burningtarot at gmail.com. I am doing personal readings again. I'm still not doing rushed ones, um, but it may turn around quickly. kind of just depends on the day. I've been dealing with some health problems, um, so no rush option is available on my online store right now. If you do want a reading, go to tiffanyleebrown.com slash shop shoppy s-h-o-p-p-e and that's ye old tarot shop there are various readings and things that you can purchase um and those of you who just pay me directly via paypal you can just drop an email and say hey i want a reading um and some of you as you know will get a discount from me because you're a friend or a long-term client just email me if you want to consider getting a reading and you don't want to buy it through the shop. That would actually be kind of awesome to do it that way. Well, that's a bunch of blither blather. I'm going to move on from the blither blather and into some different blither blather. The different blither blather is about... Oh, is about questions and comments that I have received from some of you over the last few weeks. And I may not have been attentive to those because I've been dealing with my own problems. I wanted to address some of those briefly and then also draw a card for us to take us through this um, upcoming 4th of July weekend. So, the questions. The first one is, is one that comes up a lot, particularly whenever somebody is kind of entering a spiritual practice or connecting with someone else's spiritual practice for the first time. And what we often do is assume that a spiritual teacher is superior. Superior to the rest of us. Superior to each individual self, the person who is starting on a path, who is trying to learn. And it's a really tricky thing. I don't actually buy into the, there's a notion in progressive education institutions 
that the teachers and students are all at the same level. And when I was doing that in grad school, my question was, well, then why the hell am I paying you $13,000 a year? You know, I want you to be my teacher. I want you to be a teacher. If I knew everything, I wouldn't need a teacher. So please, be more knowledgeable than me. Give me a clue. So I don't uh, personally believe in or advocate for a kind of simplistic flattening of those roles where a teacher, a spiritual leader, or just a simple tarot reader, an author, when that person is sharing something with you, they are the author, the authority of that particular nugget of wisdom, information, and or experience. Does that mean they're a superior person to you? Does that mean they have an easier life than you? They got it all nailed? I'm going to say no. We are all here learning from each other, and nobody has the key to life. Nobody has the ultimate moral authority. And those of you who do ascribe or have ascribed to religious sects and religions and... and, um, you know, uh, covens, various groups, you know, you've probably discovered that among the leaders, there's often much worse corruption than some of their followers (laughs) because their leadership puts them in a position of power. Does that mean that everything that, that they taught was wrong? That's like a whole tricky other thing. Very, very tricky. Many, many books have been written about this. And, you know, I'm not going to try to get into that here. But I do want to say someone can be an authority in the particular thing that they happen to be imparting uh, without being a grand moral authority or the happiest person alive all the time. I feel like the culture of this moment, or at least, I don't know, that might be changing right now during the complete craziness that is 2020 and the COVID and the, all the really great changes that might be coming about with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so maybe some of this is changing, but leading up to this moment, I feel like our culture was really just uh, likely to promote this like bleached white super smile version of spirituality and that perfect life coach person is often who we're looking for and who sometimes we're we're trying to become. And even if that person tells us, look, my life isn't perfect, I'm just like you, they're often projecting an image of perfection. And they have to because that's how they get clients, you know. Um, So somebody who's newer, newer to psychological, therapeutic, and spiritual practices of all kinds might get really startled by all this and might just start thinking, oh, I have to follow this one path, give this one person all my money, and expect that this one person who I'm listening to or I'm reading their book, that they have the perfect life and they have it all together. No. And certainly not me. Oh my gosh. most, uh, Most of you who communicate back to me about these uh, little mini podcasts. Most of you are people who do know me. You know that I personally am ridiculously 
you know, frail and flawed. Some of you know that I'm technically crazy. I'm bipolar. I'm a manic depressive. Some folks don't like that label, but I fit it to a T, so to speak. And um, I've been writing out a very intense episode of this for months now. So, wow, it's, it's tough stuff. Someone like that is no better or worse than you. My life is no better or worse than yours. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, right? Um, that's really simplistic. Sometimes life really is super duper hard. And I do have a privileged life. So I don't want to minimize the importance of that. But I, I wanted to address this issue of setting out on a path to learning and then making these assumptions about the teachers. The teacher can be just somebody like me. I I do some readings, I do this podcast, I've been a writer for a long time. You know, pretty clear that I'm not Gandhi or Jesus or whoever. I'm just me. But some people who are basically just like me will kind of add a few layers of varnish to that experience. And that can be really inspiring. That can be a gift to people. If you're getting something from that teacher and and the varnish and the shine are helping you gain knowledge or gain a feeling of glowy self-worth, I'm reluctant to, um, to burst that bubble. I'm like, that sounds great. If you can feel good, feel good. If you can learn stuff, learn stuff. But don't expect that teacher to necessarily have everything together. You know, maybe if you're Thich Nhat Hanh or you, you are Gandhi, then you're having a different experience. Although I've heard stuff about Gandhi's family where maybe that wasn't such a fun experience for people around him. Um, so, yeah. This is a long ramble, but it's come up quite a few times now. And I felt like I needed to address it today. To say, I want to acknowledge that my my authority, such as it is, arises simply from being, simply from channeling energies, most of which I cannot name, and if I do name them, it's, I don't feel that those names are correct. I come from many traditions. I am a jack of many trades, master of none, or master of all, you decide. But I've learned stuff, and I have helped people with that learning. And I learn stuff from other wildly imperfect people who are kindly spending their time putting information and poetry and spirit out into the world. I'm so grateful for what they do. And it's the primary reason that I'm doing this. I feel like it's, um, it's an honor to give back. When I am in the, the audience, Situation. I enjoy it when it's a small group of people and there's just, there's somebody who's doing readings for us or teaching us about astrology or teaching us about art. I love the feeling of being one of those 20 people, one of those maybe 100 people, small groups, someone's leading, and they're not perfect and they're not necessarily super fancy. I like donating to their Patreon pages. I do have a Patreon, by the way, but there's nothing on there at the moment. Let me know if you're a Patreon patron yourself, and I will start doing something over on that platform if you like. I used to do that experimentally quite a long time ago. 
So I just wanted to get into that. Um, don't approach me, please, with any assumption that uh, that I've somehow mastered everything or that I'm not having a horribly difficult time. I often am. I will do my best not to lie to you about that and not to shine you on. But I will also do my best to relay the messages that I seem to be getting from the woo and from the tarot and that I'm being asked to go ahead and share through my imperfect being, through my crummy half-broken iPhone that I refuse to replace until I've tried to repair it with my own hands because I'm sick of the things I do to our beautiful Mother Earth, our environment. You know, buy a new iPhone. That'd be a heck of a lot easier, but no. So, you know, my imperfect iPhone is facilitating this moment, and my imperfect self is facilitating this moment as well. It's the next day, and I did draw that card last night, but I did not have time to actually read it. So now we are where we belong. We are out in the woods. Can you hear the bugs? That's summer. The wind will kick up too. We'll get some beautifully imperfect wind in the iPhone noises. We are standing at a beautifully perfect slash imperfect tree. She's on her way out, I'm afraid. The ants, the big ants. Not quite carpenter size, but large. Are crawling up and down. They're already starting to make make something of her, even though she's still standing. She's leaning. She's lost some branches. She is producing a huge number of cones. I started noticing that from her maybe last year and figured she might be on her way out. She's going to try to reproduce before all this ends. It's a gorgeous ponderosa pine with very orange skin. The mature ones, especially the ones that have been through fires, they get this gorgeous red-orange bark that smells insane and beautiful. And there are still a few visible marks from some long-ago fire. She's bleeding. There's sap on her. It's glistening. It's beautiful, this sap. And she's still way up top. And let's see, can I get my arms? I can get my arms a little more, about halfway around her. So she's, she's a big one. She's been here hundreds of years. And we don't know if it's going to take her two years to finish this job or if she's going to take 10, 20. We don't know how long she's going to be here. But she's beautiful. And to me, if she were Photoshop beautiful, no bleeding sap, please. No missing broken branches. Let's put that filter on it. How is this going to look on Instagram? I love her for being what she really is. Just this incredible creature. This tree beautifully working her way through the eventual end of her gorgeous, enormous life. 
our card for the upcoming week slash weekend, the 4th of July weekend, which can be a very fraught time, even in a normal year, and this is not, my friends, a normal year, the upcoming 4th of July weekend, we, I think we need a special card for that. And so what I pulled for us was the High Priestess. I thought this was a wonderful card to pull, particularly given that last week we pulled a Solstice card that came up as the Empress. So the Solstice card is a touchstone that we can return to again and again as we make our way from June 21st of 2020 to December 21st-ish of 2020. And it's a way of, it gives us a, something to kind of contrast, compare, and weigh our other cards against and our tendencies against. So that's a highly feminine energy card, the Empress. Please listen to The Empress and the Golden Dome if you haven't yet, because we'll keep coming back to it over the months to come. And the High Priestess is definitely a very feminine card herself. I've pulled this from the Golden Tarot deck, which I love. It's such a great one. In this depiction of the High Priestess, what some decks would call the Popess, hmm, some people considered that quite scandalous. Um, anyway, so we have a Pope-hatted priestess sitting on her white throne. She has a bright red cushion. It's really nice. I love red. I would love that cushion. And she holds a red book. Her robes are black uh, with a bird pattern that's probably terribly meaningful and esoteric. But I don't have my glasses, so (laughs) I can't really tell you what the bird pattern means. It is fringed with gold. The robe is... She has a staff, which she's not holding. It's just... uh, It's just standing there next to the throne. And at her feet, chained to her, apparently, by a beautiful collar, is some kind of cheetah creature, or leopard. Leopard, lion, spotted, you know. And this whole deck is based on medieval and renaissance paintings. So the depictions are often quite interesting of things like that. They don't quite look like National Geographic. She's got some beautiful... um, Is that Gothic architecture? Baroque? I don't know. Cathedral-looking stuff (laughs) behind her and up above her. Archway thingies. Um, To her left, there is a white pillar. To her right, there is a black pillar. And you may often see those two colors um, interposed in other illustrations, but that's the one we've got here. And a checkered floor that looks like something out of a David Lynch film. Um, So, there you go. That's your High Priestess in this particular deck, the Golden Tarot. She is looking up at us. She looks mysterious. Not quite sly comes the wind. Not quite sly, but but knowing. She's holding a book of secrets. And this book of secrets 
She's writing it, yet it is also full of writings from those who've come before her. It is locked with special clasps. It is held in both of her arms like a baby. I'm guessing that this was probably a Madonna and child painting. Those were rather predominant during that era, and that Cat Black replaced Baby Jesus with the Red Book, which also reminds me, of course, of Carl Jung's Red Book. But anyway, um, here we go. So the Red Book is very much a focal point of this card. And I think it represents knowledge that has come before, but knowledge that is currently being transformed, rewritten, or even initially written. Earlier I was discussing matters of teaching, what we expect of teachers, how teaching and learning happen. Like I know. What do I know? Well, I have learned a few things. And one of the things that I've learned the most about is direct gnosis. That's gnosis with a G. G G-N-O-S-I-S. High Priestess is very well acquainted with direct gnosis. So this is the part of us that perhaps learns... um, Let's say you learn a complicated fancy spell. You're supposed to take this crystal and put it in this kind of water and light this color of candle for this many minutes. You're supposed to say the, um, you know, lesser banishing pentagram ritual. I still use that, but you know, you can get in these like really complicated ritual loops. Uh, and they're fun, you know, they occupy the mind and the hands and they can help focus our energies. But for many people, after we've done that kind of practice for a while, we realize that that these various practices, they're just opening doors, just like the tarot does, right? Here's a key, open the door. It doesn't really matter which key or which door you're using. All of these things lead into a spectacular realm. And there are some points where we start going, well, I just... I'm just going to open the door, or I'm going to ignore the door and walk through it (laughs) with my etheric self. And that's where I'm going to get the knowledge. I'm going to go there myself. I don't don't want to do these spells all the time. I don't want to just read this one pre-written book. I think a lot of us who are called to work that way, uh, we've either received damage um, from institutional learning, especially religious learnings, Uh, Or we're called to somebody like me. I am called to be a reader, a channel. So it's important for me to have a direct route to the woo and to open those doors. Um, I like using cards. I like doing some rituals. I like developing my own rituals. This card is... It's a wonderful combination of authority in self and authority in Gnosis. By that I mean you have interior knowledge and you know how to use it. If you haven't learned how to use it yet, you can. The High Priestess kind of gives you permission to do that. She might even say, hey, you know what? You're spending so much time on these externalities. Somebody else's workbook, somebody else's spellbook, somebody else's routine, somebody else's Zoom meditation. 
If you're doing so much of that that you're cutting yourself off from direct gnosis, that can be a problem. It'll especially be a problem if you're somebody who's maybe called to to have direct gnosis in your life for some reason. Like you're supposed to channel it for other people, or it's necessary, whatever. Some people are really called that way, and when, when we are in denial about that, it can be very uncomfortable. Our inner spirit does not like it. Our inner self, our inner spirit, our interior is trying to connect to the woo. It wants us to be the high priestess for ourselves. However, this card is also not too torturous and unkind. It also suggests, you know, if you do need outside help, we'll reach out for it. And this is the kind of person you're looking for this, this round. You're looking for someone who does, who plums interior depths. You're looking for someone with high feminine or female energy. As, as always, we don't have to connect that directly with um, biological gender and all that. But somebody with that kind of energy, or somebody who's using methodologies that are more interior, mysterious, and uh, acknowledging the sacred feminine. There's a mysterious quality to the High Priestess as well that's kind of like she's clutching this red book in this particular depiction of the card. She's not like opening it and offering it all to us. And she's not really lording it over us. She's a little bit removed from some of the hierarchical uh, stuff that goes on in some learning situations. So if you pulled the Hierophant card, one of you listening has pulled it several times and you're a teacher. You know who I'm talking about. (laughs) You're a teacher and you're part of a lineage that has very formal ritual aspects. That can be really fun. Um, and can be very useful. And for some people, that's what they're here to do this lifetime. If you're not one of those people, trying to go down the Hierophant route can get really frustrating. If you're here to be the High Priestess, sure, you can learn a lot from the Hierophant route. But if your job right now is to be your High Priestess self, or maybe your High Priestess mixed with your Empress self, the Hierophant stuff is not going to get you there by itself. It's not enough. Other cards that are at this end of the Major Arcana include um, the Magician. The Magician comes right before this card. Magician is number one. High Priestess is number two. Empress is number three. So the Magician uh, is a wonderful card of manifestation, but can have some issues around false manifestation premature manifestation. It's a masculine-focused card in our Western traditions. And it's about making something that can be seen. But that could be stage magic, or it could be real magic. But there's a... In either case, there's probably going to be a whole lot of, like, here's the wand, and here's the cup, and here's the pentacle, and here's the this and that... High Priestess may use those same techniques, but she's really delving into other energies. And many of us who are on the High Priestess path, uh, she was my significator from the first time I started delving really deeply into the cards, which was uh, 30 years ago. And for many years, she was like my only significator, and she would come up over, 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 over. So a lot of people are like that. 
it's just like, I don't think you really get to choose that stuff. You're like, hey, you got to work with your high priestess energy. You got to do it. It's very uncomfortable uh, if you're not used to that level of freedom. So you could look this weekend at where are levels of yourself that have direct information from the woo, from the gods and goddesses. Listen to your intuition. That's kind of that's the easiest way to get at the high priestess. If you don't have time to go deep this weekend, to meditate, to take a long, long, dark bath. If you don't have time to wander the earth and prostrate yourself upon it, barefoot and hot. Well, I would recommend doing all those types of things. That'll get you in touch. We've got our Empress energy telling us that we've got to keep coming back to the earth. Our bodies staying focused on that. High Priestess, she can get pretty out there, dude. Um, So you might want a little of both. But even if you don't have time for all that, surely you can just turn up the volume a little bit. We can all turn up the volume a little on our inner intuition and and listen to it, honor it. This can get really tough because in kind of um, self-helpy culture, we're often told to respect our intuition, by which we mean uh, the happy parts of our intuition. <laughs> A lot. Ooh, here comes that wind. I'm going to try to talk over it. I don't know if this is going to work. Um, so there's a lot of influence telling us not to acknowledge anything negative that we might think or any, any anxiety we might have. You know, put that aside. Be grateful. Be confident. Where's that bleached smile? Put that bleach stuff on your teeth so you can give us a big smile and step on out there and show the world what you got. You know, you're going to repeatedly get different versions of that message from a lot of woo-woo culture. Your intuition, actually, I think, can be wired very heavily into your into your anxiety system, <laughs> for lack of a better word. So this is your early warning system. Your body evolved or was designed or whatever to, um, to respond, to respond to peril, whether that's danger we can see or danger we can't see. So sometimes if we're having great levels of anxiety, it's, it's a valuable language. It's a valuable message. That message might just be, I'm overwhelmed and I need to chill out. So I'm not going to go to the fireworks. Whatever. Disappoint my kids? Too bad. I'm not planning to do that to my son, but part of me sure wants to. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it could be simple as that. Or it could be, you know, that, that anxiety vibe can tap into larger intuitions. It's trying to tell you something. Tell us something. So that can get tricky. Can you listen to your intuition without being paralyzed by anxiety? It's a test for some of us. Um, and I would say don't throw away the anxiety. Don't, don't hate on it and assume that it's bad. 
it's all right. It's, it's here to tell us something. Let's sit with it for a while. Uh, probably a month or so ago, I, I did a reading where there was a twitchy caterpillar. And this caterpillar was, was on, um, on the outside of its little caterpillar tent nest. The other little caterpillars were all still, most of them were inside or hatching. There were a few lounging about on the outside of the tent. And only one of them was moving. Everybody was napping or whatever it is caterpillars do. These turn out to be Pandora moth caterpillars, incidentally. So there's a lot of symbolism there. Oh my goodness. Um, but one of them was just doing this like a horribly torturous looking, like you're electrocuting something, this twitching back and forth thing. And I stopped there and observed that and started the reading. Well, later I came back and all of the caterpillars were twitching. And then a friend and I took a walk a few days later, and, and we saw this behavior repeated on many of these nests, these tents of Pandora moth caterpillars. And we quickly realized that the twitching, the horribly uncomfortable, crazy-looking twitching, was actually a, we could call it a correct response. It's a built-in biological response, like our anxiety responses. And the poor caterpillars were actually responding to us. They could tell that there was some big beast nearby that might scoop them off and eat them. So we didn't spend too much time torturing them. But that first caterpillar that I saw, and I thought, gosh, that thing looks uncomfortable. And I feel like that caterpillar, is what I said in that reading. I feel like that twitch, twitch, manic, manic, ah, make it stop. Well, it turns out that my little caterpillar, my little metaphor was actually doing something useful and normal. And it was waking up the other caterpillars, alerting them to what turned out to not be a very hungry human being. So they were safe. But the basic instinct to twitch and warn all your brethren that shit's going down is a positive instinct. So the high priestess energy is the type of energy that allows us to just be in touch with that and sometimes we never know what we're twitching about. Was that big thing we thought was looming over us that we felt as anxiety? Did that even exist? I mean, did all the other little caterpillars come around later and go, Dude, what were you twitching about? I don't see anybody out here. And that caterpillar's going like, You guys, seriously, there was this creature and it was wearing a black hat. I swear, it was huge. It was talking to this little device in its hand. Um... I'm taking this metaphor too far. It's a lot about those Pandoras that I might have to talk about at another time. We've had quite a time with them learning about life and death and transformation. So anyway, uh, sometimes our high priestess energy will take us to our twitchy place or force us to acknowledge our twitchiness and maybe even honor it. Say thank you, twitchiness. Thank you, anxiety. I know that you come to help me be aware of stuff. Aware of stuff that my culture has taught me to not even know about anymore. So it's, it's sometimes we think we're fighting a bad mood when what we're really fighting is a culture that has completely divorced us from our nature. 
and you know it's going to be rough that way and it depends where our bodies are as well some folks listening to this podcast I happen to know are disabled some are invisible illness disabled some of them spend a great deal of time in beds Uh, some of them are in wheelchairs so and I I am in the uh, chronic illness category myself so we know that our bodies really are these kind of tuning forks and they sometimes tune into things that we don't understand we can't help it it doesn't mean we're bad people it just means we grew up in this weird culture where we're not connected to the earth and we're supposed to ignore our true feelings <laughs> because because capitalism can't operate properly without that um so yeah, High Priestess says, yeah, no, go work with those inner feelings. And see if they lead us to new knowledge. See if we can open some doors to direct gnosis, where we're receiving information, transmissions, downloads. People use a lot of different words for this kind of stuff. From the gods, goddesses, the woo spirits of our ancestors it can get it can be really fantastic it can be revealing and it can uh, for me it it combines sort of personal therapeutic work with transcending the personal so it's a combination I can't just transcend the personal and jump straight to hey, you know, what do the gods want me to think about? Here's a nice abstract concept or weird mythological story. That stuff's fine, but it's kind of cheating. I have to use that information to delve my own personal depths, to work on ancestral healing, gender healing, all kinds of stuff. And High Priestess is here to totally facilitate that. For those of us who are planning to go to, um, you know, patriotic fireworks displays and have barbecues and everything, how does the High Priestess work with that? I would say um, this reading is, you know, from now, carrying through the whole weekend. I would say really take some time to work with your spiritual practices, whatever those are. If you don't have spiritual practices or you don't like the ones that you've been trying and you would like me to personally help you find some other ones, let me know. You can hire me. It's right there on my website. Um, We'll find something that's for you, not just for everybody. Uh, But I think most of you already have a pretty firm set of practices that works for you. So use them. Use them frequently. Maybe try longer sessions than you normally do. So if you're normally doing a 20-minute insight meditation in the morning, do a 30 this week. If you normally do a one-hour yoga class twice a week, you know, do 45 minutes of yoga every morning by yourself or or with your computer or whatever. Um, I would, however, caution against uh, spell work, or, or any other workings that are really about imposing your will onto your body or the material world. High Priestess is very good at that stuff, but this is this time is so potent with the astrological factors involved that we've got um, got the whole Pluto, Jupiter, Saturn thing on fire again. 
and Mars is in Aries, like, I would be super careful. You know, uh, I always question my will. I don't, I don't always assume that my first instinct of will is correct. And maybe that would be a wise path to take on this particular weekend. Um, High Priestess Energy says, this is a great time to go deep, but we don't have to manifest everything out. This is, a, this is an interior part of the process. So I'd hold on. I wouldn't be like, do five spells a day at your altar. No, 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 no. <laughs> do the long yoga session. Do the thing at the altar where you just put your hand on each object on your altar and breathe and absorb the vibe of that, that object or that tarot card or whatever. You know, spend a few minutes on each object. Absorb the vibe. Do that on your whole altar. That's it. Don't come back and be like, and now I'm going to ask, you know, the spirits of Earth to make this happen. This isn't really, uh, unless you're, if you're, you know, super hot shit magician, then you know what you're doing and and go for it. Um, Personally, I have found that my powers have grown, but my ability to wield them has not. (laughs) And... This really goes along with this um, planetary configuration that we've got coming up. So for me personally, it's going to be like, I'm going to learn during this time. I'm not going to jump out there and try to tell the world what it should be doing. I think the world is probably up to something really interesting. Uh, so I've gone on a very long, lengthy, lengthy longness here. Uh, thanks for joining me on this ride. And as always, please do send me your feedback and stories. I'll be interested to hear if you took any of this advice and what it did for you. So, my imperfect, beautiful iPhone and my imperfect, beautiful self. And this imperfect, beautiful tree, all of which are, incidentally, completely perfect. We all wish you a very marvelous or peaceful weekend during which you learn or feel new depths. I have big air hugs for you. Here they go. Hug. Hug. And uh, beams of health and healing and wellness also coming your way from here in Oregon. Yeah, that's about it. I leave you with the sounds of the forest, the birds, of course that wind, and the little bugs and things. Also, you know, kind of a last minute impulse here, I'm going to make a coupon code for this week. If anyone wants to purchase a reading, um, put in the word uh, High Priestess. All uppercase. High Priestess. Smashed together as one word. Alright? And I will make that a 25% discount coupon. I won't post it on the site. I'm just going to have it be in here for anybody who made it all the way to the end of this. (laughs) Wow, you're brave. Uh, Yeah. High Priestess. All caps. One word. Again, with the many air hugs and much love. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot. And I'm excited about the upcoming weeks. Mm-hmm. Have a good one.
Here comes the wind. <laughs> 